You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be a driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. I know it's been a while. I reposted an episode last week. Um, and prior to that, there was a break. But I am back with a new range of interviews for you this the coming in this coming weeks. You're going to love the women who are showing up on the show. I'm so excited about um, these women um, that we have as we sit in the throes of summer and as we sit in this time when the pandemic is in an interesting phase. Like we're in a pandemic, but we've emerged. And I know for here in the US and then what does that mean? So many questions for us as we review, what does our life look look like for us right now? And we talk about this a bit today in the interview today with my guests. I'm really curious about what our life looks like as we go post pandemic versus um, pre. And I think as we go through that, let's see if we can be paying attention to keeping designing the life that we want versus going back to the life that we had so that's my question for you is are you looking at what's the life that I want now given all that I've learned over the last 18 months versus going back to February 2020 the life that you had and I know for myself that I am truly being intentional about what I'm designing thinking about what's the life that I want right now and what's what is what I want it to look like what are what are the things that I've learned over the last 18 months I want to bring forward and then what are the things that I do not want to go back to and how can I design newly with that with that insight and that and the power that's come through this this time and the reflective time that we've had so I leave that with you my guest today is Barbara Mason Now, Barbara Mason is the owner and founder of Career Pathways Consulting, and she brings over 20 years of experience in human resources. She's progressed in several HR roles, in in leadership roles in corporate America, and then started her own organization a couple of years ago. She is someone who truly believes that true job satisfaction comes from a place of being in a career where what you enjoy and what you are naturally gifted at actually collide. And that is what she says is the intersection of greatness and where where we are at our our highest potential and maximizing our possibilities. So that's what she's passionate about. You're going to love Barbara and our conversation as we explore what that means for her, um, explore what it means, success means, of course, but also we have this moment when we're talking about our mothers as well, which was just really great. So I give you Barbara Mason. Barbara, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Love it. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, Shirley, for asking me. Um, I always enjoy um, doing podcasts. It gives me a chance to kind of just, you know, just to have a conversation. So I'm happy to do it. Yeah. So, so let me start with uh, you sharing with um, my listeners what do you do and how did you come to do what you do let's start there and then we'll build it out 
Yeah, absolutely. So I am um, the founder and CEO of Career Pathways Consulting, which is an HR consulting firm and career development company. And so my background is in HR. I went to school for HR. I did HR for 20 years in corporate America before starting my business. I have been doing HR for a long time. And so on, on social media, I'm known as the HR insider because of my HR background and my ability to kind of take you behind the scenes of corporate America and tell you what's really going on in the C-suite and what this means and what that means. So in working in corporate America, I wanted to do something more and have more impact. And so that's what made me and led me to start my business. And I started out doing career coaching for women. Um, and now I've added the additional service of HR consulting for small business owners, working also with women. So it's been quite a journey. When you say that, what does it mean when you're doing HR consulting for small business owners? What, what are you actually providing? Yeah, so I'm providing them with the foundation and the processes that they need to start to hire, grow, and retain their team. Okay. So the small business owners are typically um, a party of one, or they may have a few contractors, but their business is growing really rapidly. And so it's time for them to start hiring their own employees. And that's when they call me. So I help set them up so that they can do that. And again, make sure they have the processes, the handbooks, the um, standard operating procedures, talking about their culture, their brand, mm -hmm. and setting them up just like when you go into a major corporation, you have all of those things in place. For a small business owner, they don't know how to do that for a lot of them and don't have the bandwidth to be able to do that, but they still need the same types of things. So I help them with all of that. Okay, great. And then, so what made you leave corporate America to do that? And how long ago did you do that? Yes, I left corporate two years ago. It's two years ago, actually this month. Um, and so, man, it's it, just to even say that sounds um, so crazy. But um, like I said, I worked in corporate America for, for 20 years and I actually started my business while I was working. So I was working a full time, you know, senior level job as well as building a business. Um, I started my business in, in 2017. So did the dualpreneur thing for two years. And then in terms of and I didn't start my business to actually leave my job. Um, so that was not the plan. But over a period um, of time in that two year period, I had a lot of personal, you know, things going on. My father, my father-in-law had passed away suddenly. And so we were going through that transition, which was going to create um, a move for us. I was not going to be able to keep my current job because of the, the territory and geography that I was responsible for. So I was at this place where I was going to have to get a new job. And so in that process, I thought about, hmm, well, I'm already going to have to make a transition. Maybe I'll take a little time and just see if I can do my business full time. Right. Uh, and the more and more I kept letting that thought marinate, I thought, if I'm going to do it, this is a great time because I'm already transitioning. But remember, that's not why I started my business. It was just to kind of have something on the side. So without, you know, taking a whole lot of time, that's really kind of what led me there was that life transition anyway. And then I started to think about it. And simultaneously at work, things were just, you know, really getting crazy at work in terms of organizational um, restructures. We were merging with another company. All of that combined, I was thinking, you know what? I think this is a good time for me to try it. And I wanted something where I could have more impact. Um, I was in a high level position, but once you get up so far on the corporate ladder, you're not really able to talk and touch the people that you're actually there for, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. You're doing lots of strategy, 
you're moving pieces. And, yes, and but purpose. you're not talking to the people, to the, right. to, the, to, the, to the actual people at the board that's playing the game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. At what point in there did you, did you know, like, like I've made the right choice. Like this is totally what I ought to be doing um, and I'm not going back. Or have you not got to that point yet? I've made an assumption. I don't want to assume that you've, you've got to that point, but I'm curious about two years. Oh, no. Ago. I'm totally at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, if I got to drive Uber, I'm not going back. <laughs> it didn't take long. It did not take long at all. One, the, the freedom and the time flexibility. I remember the day after I resigned, kids were at summer camp. My husband's at work and I was at the house by myself. And I was sitting there, you know, man, man, I don't have a schedule. And I went and had lunch, you know, just like at a local place by myself. And it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. And that sounds so small, but for me, I was always kind of, my schedule was, okay, you have lunch with this executive at this board meeting. It was between usually 1130 and one. And so I was there at two o'clock in the afternoon. Of course, not many people were in the restaurant because people don't go to lunch at that time. And that was an aha moment for me, like, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing was when my kids started back school, when I was able to pick up my kids at three, be in the line, I had such an emotional moment because for years, I was not the one picking up my kids at three. I was the parent that was trying to get there right before the aftercare closed. Mm -hmm. I had to pay more money. Those two moments really stand out to me in those first couple of months that said to me, your quality of life is about to change and I like it. And whatever I have to do to keep that quality of life, that's what I want. First, I want to give a shout out and send lots of love to all my listeners who have supported me with growing the show. And the way to grow the show is to share the show. If you could think about someone in your life who you believe would benefit from listening to the amazing women who I get to interview and the tools and approaches that I share with you on She's Got Drive that would help them transform their lives, then please find that person in your contacts and share an episode of She's Got Drive with them today. The other thing that I would love you to do is if you head over to iTunes and if you could rate and review the show, this is critical to having us grow the show and expand the She's Got Drive platform. Thank you so much. And let's get back to the interview. It's the life outside of work that's influencing whether you stay or not in this, right? Yes. It's not the other way. Right? It's not the work. And it could yes. be the work. I mean, there could be, I'm not saying the work's not inspiring, working with right. entrepreneurs, but it's what it gives you your, in terms of your whole life. Yes. Having you say this this is the life that I really, really want. Yes. And the thing for me is that I did not see it clearly until I was out of it, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was like, it was just a concept or like really foggy, like something off in the distance. But when I left my job, things became so clear. And I'm like, man, I have, and I tell everybody, like, I don't despise any time that I worked in corporate. It was good mm -hmm. until it wasn't good anymore. I got everything out of it that I needed to get. And it was time for me to live my life because I didn't, I really didn't have a life when I was working. I had a great job, great salary, great benefits. But in terms of my personal life, being able to do the things that I enjoyed, I didn't have that. And it wasn't until now I do that I'm like, 
that was really messed up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. I think so when I, I when I'm working with people, I talk about, you know, taking a fish out of water, you know, like we, yes. we, it's the water that we're swimming in all the time. And if you're swimming in that water all the time, you can't see. Yes. You can't see it. You know, you can't Cannot. see clearly until something removes you. And, right. and so now we're seeing, of course, one of the issues that we're seeing in this movement into the post pandemic phase that we're in is lots of people are not returning to the life that they had before the pandemic not you know employers are struggling yes. to get people to work because they've been taken out, out. of those conditions yes. they're like wait I used to like oh this one is dirty <laughs> to work every day what I yeah. never could like that what I couldn't pick up my what I couldn't do what so they're starting to say what is it that I want for my life, which is what, which is all my work with people, you know, right. what do you want? What do you want Absolutely. your life to be? And then yeah. design and create your life from that place. So I'm loving, loving, loving this conversation. Yeah. And that you could, and I love that the things that you were moved by appear so small. Yes. So big. It was huge. It was absolutely huge. And to kind of go back, so when, that day when I was picking up my kids, I was there at three. So it was a long line of parents and parents were like upset because like the line's taking too long. They were doing some construction in the parking lot. And I remember sitting there thinking these parents are upset and I am so joyful because I'm in the line to pick up. I will wait. It doesn't even matter because my child's going to get out of school and get in my car and not have to go to aftercare. That right. is major for me. So right. yes. <laughs> Right. So good. So good. So and then let's talk about the pan- in terms of your time during this last 18 months of the pandemic. What's one thing that you have stopped doing that hmm. you did before that was automated? I mean, you kind of started talking about it, but what's one thing you stopped doing? And what is one thing that you now would not be without as a result? I would say one thing that really stood out for me personally is I tried my best to stop complaining. So I think like all of us, it kind of hit us by surprise and it seemed like an inconvenience um, at first. And so I remember early on, it was just like, man, we can't do this. We can't do this. And so one thing that I've learned in the pandemic is to stop complaining and see the positive side of the pandemic, right? And what it allowed and allowed a lot of us to do, which is to kind of pause Mm -hmm. and to reprioritize what's important and also to get creative with how we use our time. I think it's a great time for for anyone who was still kind of stuck in the marathon of work or on the little hamster wheel. It should have given you an opportunity to just be able to explore and take part in something that you really like because you had the time and space to do it. Right. right. You had captive audience audiences on Facebook and wherever you congregate. So definitely for me, I stopped complaining. And then one thing that I can't live without, I, one of the things I enjoyed is having my children at home, right? Because they were online at school. And so it seemed like we were all here as a family, even though everybody was doing their own thing mm-hmm. to be able to walk outside of my office and my kids are in the kitchen or, you know, now after 18 months, you're like, okay, it's time to go back to school. (laughs) 
enjoyed it because like we were having breakfast together like we didn't really get a chance to do that right because everybody's kind of on the go trying to rush to get to school and then also my kids go to school like 40 we live in the in a rural area in the country and so it's 45 minutes drive to their school and so we got back a lot of time during the pandemic Um, So again, leveraging the time that you have and not seeing it as an inconvenience is one of the biggest things I think for me that stood out. Beautiful. I mean, I'm going to meet you there with the the conversation about the children because my husband and I used to travel so much Mm -hmm. that, and then weekends were like basketball, football, you know, like running around. So actually being present with each other was really a challenge, you know, and we didn't, and then my daughter was at high school and so she was doing what she was doing and then she had tons of homework. So she was doing her homework. So it was like, we are occupying the same building, but we were not being together. Right. So I'm with you on that. I feel like it was just such a gift for us to have that amount of time together and, um, yeah, and so, and then now to, as we emerge out, it's like, how do you design your family life? Right. To maintain that as much as, the things that really worked as much as possible. Right. And not go back to how it was. So I want to talk about um, your notion of success mm-hmm. and what it means to you and maybe like what it's meant to you in the past when you, in the corporate days, you know? Yes. And then what it might mean to you right now. Yeah, so I would say my definition of success has definitely shifted over the years. And I wonder if it's the same for everybody or, you know, but I think as you get older, you have different experiences. So, you know, early on in my career, success was climbing the corporate ladder, you Mm -hmm. know, being promoted and just being able to kind of show my worth at work. And then as I start moving into having, you know, married and having children, success was being a good mother, right? Raising, you know, kids in the right way. And so that was kind of a measure of success. And I remember having that battle between being a great employee and being a great mother. And can I do both? And then in 2014, my mom passed away. And that really, that was such a pivotal moment for for obvious reasons, but it really shifted my whole perspective on what success was. And that also kind of led me into when I made the decision to stop working in corporate America, that was a a key factor because success then for me was being able to live my life with impact and to live it without regret. So that's kind of the life motto I adopted after my mom passed away. And so that really drives me. So success to me is, am I living my life with impact? Mm-hmm. Am I able to do the things that I want to do with the gifts and talents that I have mm-hmm. and touch people in a really real way that changes something? And then am I living without regret? When I leave this earth, will it be I've exhausted, I've done all the things that were on my heart and mind to do, or did I live in fear? And so I feel extremely successful right now, not because I have things, but because I have a life that I get to do what I want when I want and how I want. And so the the time freedom and the flexibility and the fact that the work that I get to do, it is a, it's my natural gift. It's my natural talent. I love it. I'm passionate about it. It's work because it provides income, but it's not work for me. That's what success is for me is that every day I get to do what I want, when I want, how I want. I mean, that's what it is for me. Yeah. And work with who you want to, right? Uh, Absolutely. I don't work with people who disturb my peace. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Choose your clients. Yes. 
Absolutely. So when you're working with, so when you think about the impact that you're making with these women entrepreneurs, I'm assuming that, did you say there were women? Yes. You did, you did, you did. You know, what is the impact that you want to have with them? Yeah, them and me being able to help them grow their businesses and scale and be, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, business owners, that would be a gift. Um, and I'm grateful that I get a chance to do that. So um, because I have the corporate background and I have the HR background, I'm able to bring corporate type things in terms of structure and processes and foundation and efficiencies to a small business, but they still have the flexibility because they are a small business to develop the culture that they want, not, oh, this is the culture, the way it's always been. They get a chance to create it, but also have the structure and the processes and the efficiencies and be able to really grow and scale their business and also to give them really quality, high talent people right? People is going to make the difference between them being small and a no name and them being a small business that people want to work for. Mm -hmm. And so that is my talent. That's my gift. And so that's what success looks like is that I'm able to partner with them and their business is growing as a result of the work that I'm doing with them. So when we look at your trajectory in corporate America, your success in your business right now, what do you think is the source of your success? Like, what is it about you? that has allowed you to be successful because not everyone makes it, particularly in corporate America. Let me just back it. Let me be more specific. When we talk about Black women, yes, not everyone makes it, even if when they started, that was their intention. Right. right? So what is it about you that you've been able to, to do that in your career in corporate America and then in, in, in creating something new for yourself? I have a strong faith you know, in God and outside of God's grace, I would say just my inner determination. And so um, I grew up really poor. I grew up in a single parent home. And so I did not grow up with things, right? Um, And I knew that for me, in order for me to have a measure of success was going to be through education. Well, I was extremely smart in school. And so that was kind of like my ticket, right? I couldn't do a lot of things, but I could make straight A's, right? Right. Pretty, pretty, pretty easily. So I'm like, okay, well, that's my ticket. And so I say that because one of the things that I teach my clients, especially my career coaching clients, is you have to be very self-aware and know what you're really, really good at. I wanted to take a moment to share with you my gratitude journal, which is 30 days of gratitude, making every day count. It's a reflective gratitude journal for women. It's aimed to enrich your life as you go through the next 30 days. And the quotes and pieces of wisdom on each page are there to enjoy and to speak to you each and every day. The practice of gratitude is there. The aim of this journal is to help you to develop this as a daily practice of focusing on things in your life that you appreciate. The simple process of writing down three things that you are grateful for every morning allows you to start your day in a positive place. When you start a practice of gratitude, it can have such a profound effect on your mental, emotional and physical well-being as well as an increase in the happiness in your life. The practice of gratitude has been scientifically proven to improve our sleep, our relationships, our sense of self, and our mental well-being. And also in the journal, there's a practice of daily setting daily intentions. When we set daily intentions, it can support you with setting a pathway for each day. Setting your intention will give you focus, setting you on the right direction for the day, 
And with daily intentions, you are more likely to take an, the action and have the state of being that matches your intention, leaving you with a feeling of greater satisfaction with, with you achieving what you want in your day. The power of intention is a focused mind. So the 30 days of gratitude making every day count is available on Amazon.com on the She's Dot Drive journals page. The link is in the show notes. So click the link. It's like $6, something like that. And then take on a daily practice. You will see that I've already started to post my daily practice on my Instagram page. So you can do it together. So order your 30 days of gratitude making every day count. Um, and let's see what positive effect it can have in your day. And you have to capitalize on it. And so when I think about one of the things that's made me successful is that I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And so I put myself in positions and I surround myself with the things that I'm not good at, then I network and I find people who are. And the things that I'm really good at, I put myself in situations to do that thing. So that way it's not work for me because it's how I naturally show up. I hate to say that self-awareness, but it is, it's very, very key. Mm. I'm very clear on who I am and who I'm not. Um, And then I just have that inner grit determination from growing up, you know, in a single parent home and seeing my mom struggle and just seeing her do whatever it took to put food on the table. There's something inside of me that I don't take. No, I'm resilient because I'm like, I've been through much worse. And I always think about worst case scenario. Okay. This business doesn't work. Okay, great. Do another one, right? Go get a, you know, go get a side job. You know, there are ways to make it work. And so that's kind of what, you know, I feel like is part of my success. Brilliant. And now I really hear you owning that part of you that excels in a particular area rather than denying that. Cause that's some of, sometimes that's, some of the issues is people not really fully owning their greatness. They just yes. like, I, if you know how great you are and then, and then really focusing on that and then yes. harnessing and learning from others in the areas where you need to develop. Is yes, what, you yeah. have to. And it sounds like such a small thing, but self-awareness is a gift. You have to know where your strengths are. Yeah. So you have to know what you're good at and what you're not good at and own it and be okay with it. That's one of the keys because many of us wish we were someone, I wish I was more assertive. I wish I could speak like her. I wish I could do this. No, know who you are. Find the place, the lanes, the avenues where that is appreciated and ride it. Right. All the way to the end. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. It's like, I know that sometimes we look at what someone else is doing and think, I wish I was doing that and then start chasing that. Yeah. I remember doing that as a child, you know, when I, when I saw how my brother was, who was super, super smart and imagine he still is, you know, super smart. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, growing up in, and he's, you know, a few years older than me Mm -hmm. and then seeing how my dad responded to him. And I just wanted that same kind of excited. So what I decided to do was to do the things that he was doing. But that was not my genius. You know, I yeah. struggled. <laughs> he was like a math genius. And I was not. You know, right. it's not where I excelled. And so I struggled, you know. And then in the places where I was excelling, I wasn't leaning yes. there until you really get to this point where you're like, oh, wait, no, that's not. No. Babe, Shirley, get off that. 
yes and get on your own road right? right and then life becomes very very different when you're when you're doing that but Absolutely. that was a painful lesson I have to say there's many stories um, <laughs> around around that if you think about one thing you know why this obviously this is called she's got drive what is it that drives you what motivates you in life you know just doing a great job and I think about my legacy often and again that did not come to be until I lost my mom now I think about impact right that's what drives me is am I living my life with impact am I doing the things am I the kind of person that people want to be around am I the kind of person that people feel like they can go to for help am I making somebody's day better Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things that really drive me. And then also just being a, being better. I love self-development. I love, you know, reading and talking about, oh man, here's a way to do this better. Here's a way to do that better. And so I'm constantly on this, um, you know, pathway to try to just make parts of me better mm-hmm. and owning the parts that are not good and being okay with that. So, you know, the whole self-acceptance. So that's really what drives is my own inner drive. It's not to compete with anybody else, but myself and just to be the kind of person that does, you know, lives their life. And at the end of it, people have really good things to say about how you impacted them. Right. Right. You've mentioned, I don't know, you can not answer this question if you want, because I know I'm going to, you mentioned your mom a couple of times and, uh, and her loss and the impact that they had on mm-hmm. you. My mum passed away three years ago. Mm. Our anniversary was last week. So it feels very present for me as well as mm-hmm. you share that. I'm curious about what else you discovered about yourself and about her once she passed. Sometimes I feel like I discovered a lot about her once she was gone mm. and not necessarily through the stories, but there's just some kind of, it's kind of hard to explain in a way. It's like I saw her life in the, in a different way oh yes um, it's like there's a different lens it's like a new pair of glasses comes on and you're like yes oh is that what that meant or oh is that why you did that and I'm not sure sometimes I think his message is it's her conversation with me but I feel like so I'm so I hear you say oh yes I want to hear about Oh, yes. I I definitely feel like I can relate to that. So I remember um, sitting at my mom's funeral and people were getting up talking about my mom. And then just, you know, when she passed away, people coming by the house. And for the first time, I saw my mom as a person, not just my mother, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I knew what kind of mother she was, right? right? She was a great mom. We had a great relationship. I never contemplated or really saw what kind of employee she was. And so I was really blown away when I heard over and over how my mom would act at work over and over the stuff that she did that I never knew um, how she was as a friend. And so I really saw my mom in a different light. And that's what made me stop and say, she was a rock star. Like I knew she was one to me because she was my mom, but I never really paid attention or saw how she impacted and interacted with other people. I was never with her at work, right? Right. And so as they recounted, hey, this is what your mom would always do when she came into work. This is where she said, this is what she would say. She was like the mother at work. And I just, I saw her in a different light. I'm like, wow. And I said, that's legacy, right? Yes. And it's so 
interesting because even her coworkers, like I still talk to them to this day. It's like there is a bond there, right? They still reach out. We're connected. You don't do that unless somebody has really impacted your life. Mm -hmm. That really stood out to me. And I'm like, at the point in my life where when that happened, I'm telling you, I didn't have any impact. Not, not, I'm like, I'm literally going to work and doing all of these things for this corporate company that will let me go tomorrow. I'm not doing anything that I want to do. Now, I love my job, but the politics, right, and the, right? it really got my attention. Like, this cannot be the end game. When there's a broad conversation around legacy, I feel like there's a the conversation is about something massive and something big and like, you know, creating this massive transformation and all of that. And right. I think that what you're speaking about is like, no, legacy is like, how are you leaving people? What do people say about you? Absolutely. And that you have. And if it's like, yeah, those stories when this is then about mom sitting with someone, the only person who showed up to care for someone or, you know, mm. that was willing to do this and do that. Like, you're right. That's legacy. That like, is legacy. What is it that people will say about you when you're gone? And it's like, what are those those stories? And not necessarily, you know, she created a building or a park. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, like, it really, so I really appreciate you sharing. Yeah. That, and thank you for being willing to. Absolutely. Your, your mom. If you think about the, the most courageous moment in your life, what would it be? Because we all um, have our ups and our downs and our... Yeah. yeah. I would say for me, it was really walking away from corporate America. You know, I talk about how I'm on the other side now and the things that I enjoy about it and, and I do, but it was tough to make that move. And I, you know, I planned my exit like 18 months. So I had a plan. I knew when I was going to leave and, and all of that once I made up my mind to leave. And so I'm making, you know, I'm checking things off. I'm making the moves and doing all that. But the month before I was supposed to resign, I got so afraid. And I, I've been talking big. I've been laying plans. You know, I'm like, I'm going to be able to do this. But when it came right down to it and it was right. time for me to pull the trigger, I was terrified because all my life, that's what I had worked towards. Right. right. And remember, I grew up poor. And so now I have this great job with money more than I ever would have imagined. Again, we're not talking rich status. We're just talking, I grew up poor. And so right. any, I was able to, live the life that I never thought I would live. And so now in my mind, I'm about to give all of that up. Mm -hmm. I've never not had a paycheck. Like what happens if my business, and when I left, my business was not nearly making, wasn't even halfway profitable yet, right? right? So I didn't leave because my business was profitable. I left because I was going through a life transition, was about to move anyway. Right. And I decided to take this opportunity. So that was definitely the most courageous thing because it kind of went against everything that I had worked for, what I had been taught. You go to school, you get a good job, you get a degree, you work, you know, um, climb the corporate ladder. And now it's like, you know, there were no entrepreneurs in my family. I did not know. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. So it wasn't like this dream. It was just, man, it seemed crazy. Uh, so that was definitely the most courageous thing. Um, one of the most courageous things that I've done, definitely, for sure. And were there people around you who thought you were crazy? 
Um, oh, yeah, no, right. <laughs> the, the what I would hear is like, you're going to leave that good job? <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I'm going to leave that good job. I am. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what's your plan if it doesn't work out? And I'm like, um, get another one. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know. Right. So, you know. I mean, it really is that. I mean, it, it, coming back to one of the things you said earlier, it's like that question, what's the worst that can happen? It's one of my favorite, like, for me, a powerful question. Yes. On anything when I feel like, when we're taking, to, when we're taking ourselves to our edge. Yes. You know, our edge of comfort, our edge of learning, whatever that edge is is like, what's the worst that can happen? And you build that and you think, oh, is that the worst? Oh, okay, I can do that. Yes. No, and yes. you're right, you could, there would, you could always go back and get another job. With Absolutely. Work out and then that knows that you've got some. Yep. But you know, most people never close the loop on that question, which mm-hmm. is why they stay stuck in fear. Right. And so that's one of the things I teach my clients like, okay, ask yourself, what's the worst possible thing? And then answer the question. Yeah, like, you go on your mind, go there. You have right. to close the loop because that's exactly what I did. I went through every scenario. I'm like, okay, if I make $0, how long can we survive? Okay, we can right. survive two years. Okay, you know, I built up an, okay, great. So then what happens? At the end of the day, after I had exhausted all of that, you know, outside of moving in with parents and all that, I can go get another job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I remember like, because before I've been in working for myself for over 20 years, so 22, 23, I'm only on my own. Wow. 20, right? So, and at that time I had a mortgage, blah, 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 you know, car payments, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, live by myself. And and I was like, well, the worst thing can happen is like I lose my house, lose my car, I'm in debt, and I go back and I'm moving with my parents. I mean, at the time that was like, that's the worst thing that can happen. I start again, I get a job. Like, you know, I could do that. I'm going to lose yeah. my time, I left my job. And, and so, like, when we moved here, it was like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, we, we move here. We absolutely hate it. Then we have to pack up and move back. And, like, okay, okay that's the worst. We can do that, you know? Right. Um, I'm sure that people can come up with worse scenarios than that, you know? Um, right. But I just, like, could think that through and say, I could totally and we could totally handle that. And so... I think you're right. Like you got to close. You got to answer the question. Yes. Confront the answers to the question and say, "Really, is that the worst?" Okay. Can do you have what it takes to deal with that? And most of the time, the worst is not find the worst isn't going to happen. Most. That's of the right. Time. And the second is that, and if it did, if you're someone who's considering it, that you actually have a lot of what it takes. Yes. Absolutely. Like by the time that you're in that stage when you're asking that question, you really have built up a lot to be able to handle it. So, yes, yeah, love that. Um, what is, so what's your plan for your future around your work? Like, where are you taking it? What are you building? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, where are you heading? Like, what do you what's your dream around your business and your work? Yeah. So my initial, you know, thoughts as I, as I thought about it is, you know, build an HR consulting agency. So right now, you know, it's me, I have a small team, but my goal is to 
kind of replicate myself and have more of me so that we can service more clients, right? And kind of be the premier, you know, HR consultant agency. I want small business owners to not shy away from growing and adding people and growing their teams because they feel like they don't know what to do. They don't have the budget or it seems like it's, you know, so abstract, you know, they're afraid of the the law and what does it mean to have employees, right? I want to kind of take away that myth and give them a safe place to come to that says, hey, we're your partner and helping you grow your business. The way you grow your business is with people. We got the people part down, Pat. Let us do that piece. So you help people, you help them find the people as well. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, okay. So that wasn't like, so you're, you're helping them in terms of the design of who's on their team. Yes. In terms of who, who, who the people are as well. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Because I think you're right. I think it's really, you know, trying to figure out like, who's the first, who's your first best hire. Yes. Understanding that it's an investment you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, it's kind of like, a, I remember even like people getting an assistant. There's people yes. who just will, I know people who just will not get an assistant. And you're like, man, if you just get an assistant, it right. makes a huge, well, I know that from my own experience, a yeah. huge difference. Yeah. Start there, start with a part-time if you need to kind of, then you can build yes. up like, and then bring on the new, but I have confronted that myself, particularly in the last year and I've, I've started to invest more in people. Yes. I've been running, a, running my work so lean that I'm yes. doing so much of the stuff that I ought not to be doing. You know? Right. And what happens is you get to that place as an entrepreneur where you're excited about your revenue um, increasing because people are asking for more work, but you're overwhelmed at the same time. So it's like, yeah. oh my goodness. Yay. I'm so glad I signed another client. Right? <laughs> You know, it is this this dichotomy between I'm thankful for the work, but I'm overwhelmed. Every entrepreneur is going to get to that crossroads. And what you do determines how well your business and how quickly it will grow. People is the number one way to grow your business. You cannot, there are no multimillion dollar earners that are um, solopreneurs. They're not. You cannot get to that level without people. That's been a lesson for me. Yes. Yeah. And it's um, otherwise the overwhelm. And then also, I mean, I've really been, particularly this last year, my listeners have been journeying with me around my own health and well-being. And last mm-hmm. year having a health issue arise that had me in bed for five weeks. So wow. it really focuses. Not like, because I had a health issue arise the year before. But it, it was like, that's a health issue to deal with. But it didn't, I, it, I wasn't feeling it in my day-to-day experience of life. Yeah. It was just like, it's something diagnosed. I need to like osteoporosis. I need to just deal with it. I need to be thinking about what, what I'm eating and my exercise and blah, blah, blah. Right. But you couldn't tell. It didn't, you know, my life continued. And so all right. the ways of that I was living my life continued. And then last year, it's just like, oh, no, you need to run this differently. Yes. You can't keep doing it. So it's been really interesting, the transition that I'm in now, I'm in transition in building mm-hmm. out my business with team and, and, and seeing, just as you say, you know, like new work come in and really being able to look at, well, who's coming in to do that work. Right, exactly. Right. And then versus like, oh my God, I've got so much. Right, exactly. <laughs> 
in terms of like building out your success and something in your life, is there something that you would say that you you did not do or ha- had not to do? Does that make sense? Something uh, you had to did stop, not do. Yeah, yeah. In order to be successful, like in order to get to where you are, it's just like I am not doing that. I that, that is something that you don't do or should not do. I would recommend that you don't do if you want to thrive and be successful. Yeah. There's two things that come to mind. One is comparing yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, especially when I started entrepreneurship, because I was new, I, I had no background in, in having a business. I didn't have people around me that, you know, had a business outside of my um, husband. And so it was very brand new. So it was easy to compare yourself to other people. Right. Um, and so I've learned to not do that and to run my own race. Right. Um, and don't try to be everything that they are. So going back to my, my principles, what are your gifts run with those and run your own race. So that's one is don't compare yourself to other people. The second thing is I had to quickly get over thinking that I was going to do it all myself and I had to understand it all myself. So one of the first things I did was I got a business coach when I started my business. Mm -hmm. And so the, the lesson is wherever your gaps are, sure it up, right? Don't waste time trying to be the expert in everything, whether you're in corporate, in your business, whatever it is, know what your gaps are, know what you're not good at, put people around you, get podcasts, get books, like get the resources to sure you up in that area to a place um, that's good enough and then focus on your strengths, right? So one of the things, again, I didn't want to spend money until I made money as an entrepreneur, Right. I quickly found out that is not my husband's like, that's not how it works. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to wait till I make money and then I'm going to spend money. That's not the way it works. You have to spend money in order right. to make money. You have right. to get help and not try to do everything yourself. Yeah, you got to, and the spending is, is the spending is investing. It right? is investing. That's and right. Distinguish between investing and spending. Yes. Uh, right. Expenses and investment. Right. Right. The distinguishing between the two, because they are different. Like what's yes. going to build your business and then, and how are you doing? How's it going? How's, how's work going? Yeah, it's going great. And so one of the, the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to, you know, pivot um, and make changes. So, you know, I've been in business now for three years, really um, two years doing the business full time and the business has, you know, evolved over time. I'm still doing the, you know, some of the main things, but my audience changed. When I first started my business, I was working with high school and college students. Six months in, I'm like, nope, that's not the ticket. I was doing, you know, career coaching for them. I'm like, nope, no. I'm moving to adults, you no. know? And so then I went from- money there. Yes. I'm like, the parents want it. The kids don't. Right. And so you had this whole dichotomy between who's the client. Is it the student? Is it the parent? Right. And so I quickly changed from that. And then I started working with adults and then it moved more into really, you know, um, women. Um, And then just literally in March, I went to the HR consulting, which is what I wanted to do. So here's another lesson. That's what I wanted to do when I started my business, when I was working in corporate. But I could not do HR consulting for business owners then because that work is a lot during the daytime, right? Right. And so I was working a real full-time job, but I could do career coaching and resumes on nights and weekends. So I started my business with something that I knew how to do, even though it was not the ideal. So that's another lesson. 
is to start, execute. I'm a really great executor. It like grass doesn't grow under my feet too long. Right. I move pretty quickly. Um, what do they say? Speed likes money. It does. <laughs> so be willing to, you know, and again, be strategic, be smart, right. do something low risk. But um, the business has grown as it has evolved. And I feel like I'm in a place now where I'm really clear about what I want to do in this season. And so, again, I'm always thinking, OK, I'm going to do it this way for this time period. And then it may change. And I'm OK with that. Right. Right. So be but okay it's evolved. With- it's kind of dynamic and it's you're yes. allowing it to kind of evolve, but you're yes. staying in the same the same in my same gift. Right. Yes. My same gift, my same area of expertise, my same talents. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, well, that's I think we can end there. I think we okay. can end there. It's been like an absolute pleasure to kind of get to know you in this conversation to hear your story and to hear about your work and and all that you're doing and your drive and your motivation it's been just like I've really had a lovely time with you today so it's been yes thank you so much I've enjoyed it tremendously and I love British accent so it's been a joy for me to listen to you for 60 minutes (laughs) we went to London um a couple no three years ago and I completely fell in love um, with all of that. And so, yes, and we made a lot of friends over there. And so I'll just call them and say, just say hello for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you can call me, Barbara, anytime you want to say hello. Yes, 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 yes. So thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate you thinking about me. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. So I love the conversation with Barbara. And I think one of the things that I appreciated was our conversation, the moments in our conversation around legacy and us thinking more broadly around what does legacy actually mean and and what's a legacy for us being, what's the imprint and the impact that you're having on the people around you. Um, and it doesn't have to be this massive grandiose thing and if that you want it to be a massive grandiose thing fine that's great but legacy can be we all have the opportunity to leave a legacy and legacy is about our impact and our imprint um that we have on this world and the people that uh, that we that our paths cross so i really appreciate that part of our conversation I am interested to hear from you what you got from listening to this episode and um, and please reach out. You can contact me through Instagram uh, at Shirley McAlpine. You can go to she, the She's Got Drive Facebook page or you could go to my website shirleymcalpine.com forward slash contact me and um, send me a message there and let me know what you're getting from the show and uh and what you're taking away from this episode she's got drive is produced by cassandra voltolina the music is by the awesome or female band blonde the song is called circles go well and stay well